counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply, then you, lovely person, are in the right place. Because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hi and welcome back. And if this is your first visit, welcome aboard. It's really great to have you here and I hope you enjoy your stay. Which reminds me, actually, if you enjoy today's episode, why not subscribe to the show? Because that means that you're going to get all of the episodes sent to you, so you're not going to miss anything. So last week in episode 63, I shared part one of this two-part podcast where I'm starting to explore being more visible in your marketing in order to connect with people and attract more clients and to take a little bit of a look at the issues that can come up around personal disclosure. So in episode 63, we explored a little bit about the history of private practice marketing. We had a look at how the World Wide Web has changed everything. We've looked at the difference between advertising and content marketing and why personal disclosure worries us so much. And we also looked at the benefits of being more relatable in the marketing that we do. Because that's the point of this podcast, really. It's to help you to get clear on your boundaries so that you can let go of the worries that you might have and just relax and to feel more confident with your posting. Because the more confident and relaxed you feel around posting, whether that's social media or blogs, the more that you're going to do it. And the more that you do it, the better results you're going to have because you gradually learn, you know, over time to get better and better and better. And I want exactly the same for you as you want for yourself. And that is more clients, helping more people and getting more income. So today I'm going to give you some examples of how you can post things using like pre-considered boundaries and also how you can be sure that you're not going to share something that's at all inappropriate. Now, just before I do, I want to let you know about something new that I have for you. And that is, I've written a free guide that's going to pretty much help you with all of this. It's all about how to attract clients by helping instead of selling. And this is for you if you've ever felt a little bit lost when it comes to getting the word out about your practice. It's for you if you feel a bit uncomfortable sharing what you do. If you're worried about being too salesy, then you might want to grab this because we look at what content marketing is. We look at the challenges around being visible. We look at three focus areas to avoid overwhelm. And we look at what to write to attract clients and also how to not let personal disclosure get in your way. So to get your copy, just visit janetravis.co.uk slash helping not selling. And you can grab your free copy there. Okay, so let's get on with it. So now personal disclosure really is something that can cause a lot of disagreement within the counselling community. So I just really want to be clear that in no way am I trying to tell you what to do here. As always, it's your business, it's your rules. So it's not about me saying that you've got to do this or you've got to do that or, or anything like that. It's far more important that you find your own way 
rather than trying to force yourself to do something that doesn't feel right for you or makes you feel anxious. So if you feel just a little bit more confident after listening to this, then I'm going to I'm going to class that as a win and you should too because that's what we're looking at doing. We're just looking at helping to raise your confidence so that you feel better when it comes to marketing. And more importantly, there's no one right answer. What's right for you might not be right for someone else and that's okay. It's okay to find your own boundaries as long as you're staying within ethical considerations. And if you follow my advice, you will be, then that's absolutely fine. So I'd like to ask you really to listen to this podcast with a sense of curiosity and an open mind and allow yourself to just reflect on what I talk about and, you know, keep thinking about this and, you know, keep reflecting on it. Now, you may choose never to share anything personal, and that is absolutely fine. Now, you may share, uh, you may feel more comfortable sharing just a little bit more of your personality, and that is also absolutely fine. And you may even be more comfortable to share a little bit about your story, and that's absolutely fine too. Because as I say, the point of this podcast is to help you to get clear on your boundaries so that you can let go of the worries that you have and relax. So that's really what we're looking at, just looking at what's going to help you. So to get started, I just want to ask you, what do you think about when I say personal disclosure? Now, for me, just the words personal disclosure kind of makes me think of sharing inappropriately and unethically, just kind of chatting about myself, like sharing pictures of my cat, what I've had for lunch. I haven't got a cat, by the way, so it'd be pictures of my dog, (laughs) what I had for lunch, holiday snaps with a partner. So the term personal disclosure kind of makes me feel that I'm sharing things that I should only be sharing with friends and family. So it makes me feel like I shouldn't share anything because it just feels wrong. It just feels unethical. So how about you? What comes up for you when we say personal disclosure? Is it the same for you? Now, I've done so much work on this over the last few years, and I've decided that just by using the term personal disclosure, it can kind of put us into a tailspin. It's actually not really the right phrase for what I'm trying to describe here, because what I'm talking about is allowing yourself to let your warmth show, to let your compassion show, to let your your sense of humor show, to let your humanity show. We're not sharing things because we want to talk about me, me, me. You know, it's not all about you. When we share It's all about the needs of your followers or your readers and your potential clients. So really, it's just about allowing yourself to be a little bit more visible just to show your human side. It's literally all about helping the person that's either reading or, you know, listening or whatever. It's all about helping them. And if you do share something personal, it's in order to help them in some way, to let them know that you understand what they're going through, to be more relatable, to let people see that you're warm and kind or are knowledgeable, which you are knowledgeable. This makes everything that you write instantly more relatable, which helps to start forming that connection 
And we know how vital that connection is within the counselling room. So by starting that, starting to form that connection while people are just reading things that you've written, it just makes that next step to coming to see you so much more easy. As a therapist, something you're probably crystal clear about is that within the counselling room, personal disclosure is only done very rarely. And it's only really there if there's a real clear benefit for the client. And the thing is, really, when it all boils down to it, it's just the same for your marketing. It's only done for the benefit of the people that are consuming what you've written. So why? Why is that? Well, to be honest, people aren't really interested in you. You know, I'm sorry, I know that maybe sound a little bit harsh, but put yourself in their shoes. So there they are scrolling through social media and they want to know if what you share is going to be helpful or of interest to them. And if it's not, they're going to keep scrolling. So it's not a popularity contest. It's not about showing off or being the big I am. If you're constantly showing pictures of your you know, things in your life that are just not applicable or just about you, people aren't going to be very interested. Okay, so just remember the point of it is to help the reader. And that's why my new free guide is called Attract More Clients by Helping Instead of Selling. It kind of undermines everything I do and teach in the membership because it's all about connecting with people. And when we connect to them, then they're going to know that you're the person that they would feel comfortable sitting and talking to. Now, let's get really clear about what I'm referring to here when I talk about personal disclosure. As we know, in the counselling room, non-disclosure is really important for all the reasons you know, all the things that you've learned in training. And I'm not suggesting for one moment that you start disclosing within the counselling room. Nothing changes there at all. But outside of the counselling room, we do have a little bit more flexibility. So how can you be sure that you're not sharing something inappropriate? Now, like I say, I'm not suggesting that you use your business social media the same as you would your personal social media, because as I say, yes, that would be completely inappropriate. But how can you be sure that you're not sharing something inappropriate sort of accidentally? What I suggest is that you ask yourself two questions. I I suggest that every time you post something, you ask yourself, question one, how is this likely to impact the therapeutic relationship positively? And question two, how is this likely to impact the therapeutic relationship negatively? So an example of this is if I'm sharing a post on social media that says, where is your happy place when I'm not helping clients to you know, do whatever it is in your niche? So when I'm not helping clients to feel better about themselves, I love taking my dog out and finding new places to walk. Walking my dog gives me such joy. It's definitely my happy place. So where's yours? So I'm sharing something there that does talk about me. It talks about going out with my dog and you know how I really like that. So now you'd ask yourself these two questions. So how is sharing that likely to impact the therapeutic relation positively? Well, what do you think? 
I think that sharing that kind of post would make a reader see you as somebody that's warm, somebody that's relatable, somebody that's just a normal human being. So I think that this sort of post can be a positive thing that helps to form a connection. And I think that's it. that can only be positive, really. And the second question, how is this likely to impact the therapeutic relationship negatively? Well, I don't think it will. Do you? And I'd be interested if you think it will to please contact me and we can just have a chat about it. Because I think somebody reading a post that says you take your dog out for a walk and it gives you joy. I just don't think that that's going to cause anything negative in any potential relationship that you have with that person as a client. And remember, the majority of the people that read it, they're not going to ever become your clients. So there are so many different ways of sharing. So there's the fact that you can let your personality show. So this isn't necessarily sharing anything that a person wouldn't see if they worked with you. So your personality obviously is who you are. It's the word you words that you use to describe things, the way, you sh- the way that you share things. It might be your sense of humor. It's your characteristics, your patterns of thinking and feeling and behaving. And also your passion for what it is that you do is all in, in that. You also have your skills. You know, you can share things that are to do with the skills that you have and your knowledge, you know, sharing things that are part of the knowledge that you have as a counsellor. You can share things like whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, that's just to do with you. And again, if somebody came to see you as a client, these are things they'll just pick up by being in the same room as you. You can share things about your experiences. So this is probably something that's going a little bit more about sharing more about you, but your own visibility. So you could share something that you've learned, something that you believe, a lesson that you've learned. And you can also share things about your personal life. And I think this is the most individual. And again, it's really something you have to work out for yourself. And an an example of this might be something like your sexual orientation. Now, normally, it's absolutely nobody's business but your own, what your sexual orientation is, of course. However, if your niche is working within the LGBTQ plus community, the fact that you're gay may help somebody to make the decision to come and work with you because you're going to have a level of knowledge, a level of understanding that someone who's not gay just isn't going to know about. And that's going to help that person maybe choose you. Now, it's worth remembering that when you use social media, the majority of the people that follow you are going to be become your client. You're also going to be talking to people that might share your posts with other people, that might refer friends and family to you. You might be sort of sharing posts where somebody might see what you've written and they might want to interview you or they might want to do a collaboration with you. So being more relaxed on social media also has a positive impact on the profession as a whole. I hate that therapy still has a reputation for being a bit starchy. I don't know if you remember, but I did the therapy rebrand survey a few years ago and we looked at people's attitudes towards counselling. And one of the biggest issues that came up was a fear of going to counselling. People, there was often a kind of a feeling that 
if I have to go to counselling, it means I've failed in some way. And also feeling almost like a counsellor's like a like a headmistress that's looking at people and judging them. And of course, that's the complete opposite of what we do. And the more that we can relax in our in our marketing, the more that we can relax and, and allow ourselves to be just a little bit more visible, even if it's just 1% more visible and let people see, you know, the humanity and your compassion and all of that warmth. It's going to help to alleviate the fears that people have and more people are going to access counselling. They're likely to access counselling sooner and not wait until they're absolutely on their knees before they, you know, go and visit the GP or get some help in some form. So as therapists, if we can all work together, if we all work together to help to let people see this warmth and compassion that we have, it can help us to drop the stigma and make it easier for people to get the help they need. And this can only ever be a good thing. It's going to be a good thing for the people that need to access help. And it's going to be a good thing for you as somebody who who needs to earn a living. So it's a win-win situation. I'll link to the webinar below, actually, just in case you want to have a look at it. Or you can just search janetravis.co.uk slash webinar and you can go grab that for free. Because the thing is, times have changed and counselling has changed and marketing has changed a lot over the last 10, 15 years. And I believe that we need to change with it. So what do I mean when I'm talking about personal disclosure and marketing? Well, I'm going to give you an example because it can either be sharing a small snippet of your life or it could be something larger. Now, something that I do and I did this the other day is I'll I'll go out like I like to go into a cafe. So what I like to do is get away from my desk, get away from, you know, just get some get away somewhere and get a bit more motivation and inspiration. So I like to pack up, you know, a, um, a pad and a pencil And I like to go to a pub or a coffee and I'll have some lunch or I'll have some cake and I'll sit and I'll do my writing. So I might think, right, what what do I want to say in a podcast? Or it used to be, what do I want to write about in my blogs? Or I might think about what I'm going to put in my social media. So I go to a cafe and I'll sit there and I'll, I'll do some writing and I'll be inspired. But what I tend to do is I'll take a photograph of the coffee or the coffee and the cake or the you know, a picture of the coffee in my notebook. And I'll put that up on Instagram as an Instagram story. And I'll say, um, I'm out having a coffee and cake. And I'll ask people what their favorite cake is, or what is their favorite coffee, or something like that. So it's nothing to do with, you know, counseling. It's nothing to do. And, and, you know, at the back, you know, these days, I'm not counseling anymore. So for me, it's about I'm trying to, you know, attract people to my my membership. That's that's what I do. That's the way that I help people. So I'm not talking about my membership. I'm just talking about the fact that I've gone out. This this is what I do. And it just starts a little bit of a conversation. So people will, you know, respond to that story and they'll tell me what their favorite cake is or what what their favorite coffee is or whatever the question is. And it just starts that all important engagement. Not only that, it's nice to just connect with people. So people might say, oh, I really like a coffee cake. And I can just respond and and say, yeah, me too. Or just, just a little bit of a chat. 
nothing earth shattering. It's it's nothing massive. So it doesn't have to be something massive at all. It can be something really little like a picture of your coffee. And the other day on Instagram, I posted a story that just had a picture of the book that I'm reading. And I put an Instagram sticker over it, asking people what they were reading. And lots of people got back to me and they talked about the book that they're reading. And if I was interested in it, I could say to them, you know, tell me more about it. What's it about? Or have you enjoyed it? Or oh, that sounds interesting. Or just starting, a, sorry, I'm shouting, I get excited. I'll calm down. Um, just starting that little bit of a chat with people. And it just starts that connection. And the, you know, the flip side of that is that it makes my time on social media nicer, more fun. You know, it's social media is just like a massive networking opportunity. So it's just about chatting to other people, really. You know, I think sometimes we can get so caught up in, oh, I've got to be professional. I've got to be a certain kind of way. I've got to be, you know, I've got to help people. Obviously, you want to help people, but not every post you put out there has to be about counselling. And I find that this is what makes my social media marketing more fun for me rather than just a job that I've got to do because it's just chitty chatting with people. So another thing you could do is share a small story to demonstrate a point. Now, an example of this is I once shared a story about how I like my coffee. So basically, I like my coffee a certain way. I like to have just regular coffee, like, you know, I don't like posh coffee, just a regular coffee, but I like to have the milk in first. I like it to be quite milky. I like a third of a spoon of sugar in it. And the story is, and this it's a true story, obviously, of course, it's a true story, but I used to go to, you know, used to go to people's houses and people would just ask me if I wanted a coffee and I'd say, oh, yes, please. And they would just make the coffee the way that they made coffee. But so for my taste, it always was too strong and it was too sweet. And nine times out of 10, I didn't drink it really, because to me, it just tasted horrible. And I didn't say anything because it was like, I don't know, I'm a massive people pleaser. I'm a recovering people pleaser. And I didn't like to ask for people to do it the way I wanted to. I didn't want people to think that I was, oh, I don't know, expecting too much if that makes sense. I don't know. I just felt awkward about it. But one day I asked for my coffee to be the way that I wanted it. So I said, would you mind if you put the milk in first? And it's just a third of a spoon of sugar, I said. And I discovered that not only were people not completely shocked at me being so demanding, but they were more than happy to try and make the coffee the way that I liked it. And it actually, it became a bit of a thing. So my friends now joke about it when I go round, and, you know, we have a little bit of a laugh at it. So I learned something from that. I learned something from that situation. And what I learned was given the chance, people love making other people happy and they definitely won't think badly if you of something just as small as asking to have your coffee the way that you want it. So like I say, this is a true story from my life, but it's not earth shattering. You know, it's not me talking about some mental health issue. It's just a really small snippet to demonstrate my point that it's okay to ask for what you want and to practice asking for your needs to be met. So I want you to just consider if you saw that post, I wonder what impression 
that that would give of me. Because the thing is, people, and by people, I mean people that are reading it, potential clients, you know, generally people, we all know what we should be doing, don't we? We've all got a good idea of what we should do. So people know that we. it's okay to say no. It's okay to be more clear in communication. People know that they should take better care of themselves and practice self-care. But they don't do it because it often feels too hard. So sharing these little titchy tiny examples of how they can make little titchy tiny changes really piques their interest and it helps to establish trust and it helps to make you an authority in a way that feels comfortable for you. This coffee story, it demonstrated my process of feeling fear and then taking action and then the relief and the good feelings. And this really is the power of social media and the power of blogs. We can reassure people in small ways like this, whilst simultaneously attracting clients. It's kind of a win-win situation. Now, if you feel comfortable sharing some more personal details, it can be beneficial for the potential client when it comes to them choosing a counsellor because they can get a good sense of you. The example that I gave before was sharing your sexuality. Like I say, your sexual orientation is nobody's business but your own. But if you have a niche of working within the LGBTQ plus community, people knowing that you have a deeper level of understanding of these common issues can be very attractive to potential clients because it can help to deepen the therapeutic relationship and it's going to help to make the work quicker and more productive because, you know, they're not having to explain something so it's going to, it's just be quicker. So like I say, I'm not gay. So although I can still help people that are gay and I have done, I don't know. And I never will know how it feels growing up gay, how it feels coming out, how it comes, how it feels when it comes to dealing with family, how it comes to societal expectations. I don't notice the finer nuances in a TV program when there's a, a gay character I don't know what it's like dating. I don't know what it's like dealing with possible discrimination. So although I can have an understanding of it, if somebody is gay and comes to me, they're going to have to explain a little bit more about their experience. And like I say, that's going to take them more time. And, you know, we don't want them to spend more time in counselling than they have to. We don't want them to spend time and pay money more than they have to, do we? So it helps to them, it helps them to save precious time and it's going to help them to form the relationship. So an example would be if you feel comfortable sharing that you've maybe had experience with depression or anxiety or bereavement, it can help people to choose you because they know that you have a deeper level of understanding. Now, I'm not suggesting that you tell your story about you know, your life and why you were depressed and what happened, that's then going into the inappropriate sharing. But you could share about the fact that, you know, you used to struggle with depression or you still struggle with anxiety. You know, it's okay to do that. So an example of this would be Sarah DeSinge. She is a counsellor with a niche around binge eating and she will share some of her own struggles with this. So her clients know she knows that she has a real deep understanding of their behavior. 
but she doesn't really share all the ins and outs of everything about her life. So again, you can ask yourself the questions around this. If somebody knows that I have my own issues around eating, how is this likely to impact the therapeutic relationship positively? And how is this likely to impact the therapeutic relationship negatively? And I think for the client, there are going to be more positives than negatives there. And remember, in the counselling room, you're only sharing things very sparingly. And if it's in the client's best interests, exactly the same as it's always been. Now, look, what if you're reading this and you're thinking, well, that sounds great, Jane, and I can understand why it can be really useful. But look, do you know what? I'm really private and I don't want to. So I want to just say, look, it's absolutely fine. You should only ever share what you feel comfortable with. It's completely up to you. As I keep saying, it's your business, your your rules. You don't have to share anything about your personal life, your personal circumstances, your personal story, if you don't want to. That is absolutely and totally fine. And to be honest, I'm a really private person. And you'll you'll know if you're if you're a regular listener to this podcast. It's very rare that I talk about myself in any real way. You know, you you learn a little bit about me, but you know, I'm certainly not the sort of person where it's all about me, 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 because that's just not my style at all. I'm a massive introvert, I'm a very private person. However, listening to this podcast, you do get a sense of who I am. You'll get a sense of my personality. I'm hoping that my passion for helping therapists shows. And that means that, you know, hopefully, if you do want to come and join the membership, you'll know enough about me to know whether it's going to feel comfortable for you. So look, you really don't have to share any personal information about yourself to let your personality show. So try and relax just be yourself a little bit. Now, I hope you can see the benefits of using content marketing in order to reassure and help people as well as attracting them as clients. There are loads of ways that you can allow your warmth, compassion, and your understanding to come out without ever having to share personal details of your story and your history, or even your current circumstances. The important thing really is that you explore in advance where your boundaries are before you start posting on social media or before you start producing blogs or any sort of content marketing. And I think it's important to keep revisiting this to check how you currently feel, because when you first start out, you might feel more cautious as you go on, you might start to feel a little bit braver. But what's going to happen is it's going to help you to feel more confident with what you post if you've had a think about your boundaries in advance. So like I say, it's completely up to you. So I'm going to ask you to consider some boundaries in advance. So consider things like, would you share your relationship statement uh, status? You know, are you single? Are you not single? Would you share your sexuality? And as I've already talked about, it's not really anybody else's business, but there are times when if you have a niche of like, LGBTQ plus, it could be helpful. How do you feel about sharing things about your pet? I mean, somebody like Zoe Clements talks about her her pets. She's got a, a dog called Paddy, and she uses this dog in loads of her marketing, and he's included in her stories and in pictures. And you know, her pet is used a lot, and that's a great way to have people connect because you know most people like animals, don't they? 
you might how would you feel about sharing your hobby so I know somebody who likes to sing and they talk about their singing you know is that something you know do you have a hobby that you could share you could think about things like your physical health either previous or current so for example if you have an, a, an issue with your health and you work with people who have those sorts of issues of course sharing that you struggle with it yourself means that people know you're going to have a better understanding of what it's like or even your mental health like I say it could be about your previous mental health your current mental health situation so if you again Zoe talks about um, anxiety how she struggled with it and, and that's now her niche so it could be that you want to share a little bit about that if you feel comfortable doing so you might want to share something like a mistake you made. How would you feel about sharing something like gratitude, things that you feel grateful for? Maybe you could share, how would you feel about sharing something like a belief that held you back or a myth? How about sharing why you do what you do, why you love doing what you do? So have a think about what your boundaries are, because once you get really clear on this, and once you know what is off limits, and once you know what you feel okay to share, it's going to help you feel comfortable and that's going to help other people. And if you actively want to share, and for me, I'm happy to share stories of my, you know, my dog, Kim, and my love of Maltesers, I'm happy to do that, then it helps you to drop that anxiety that you might have of being on social media or of, of, of blogging. And if you're a member of the Grey Private Practice um, membership, if you're ever unsure about this, just share it in the members group and we'll be able to help you there. So today we've actually covered quite a lot, haven't we? We've looked at why we have anxieties around posting on social media and in blogging. We've looked at how if you think about things in, in advance, it puts you in control of what you share. We've looked at how it's not just potential clients that are going to see your marketing. And we've looked at a really simple tip to test if something's appropriate to share. And we've looked at how it, how sharing can be positive and beneficial for your niche. And I've looked at a few questions to help to decide your boundaries. And remember, it really is absolutely fine to not share anything personal about yourself at all, but you can still allow your personality to show. Now, look, I really hope that this has helped to put your mind at rest and it helps you to market your practice more confidently and I'd love to know your opinion I'd love to know what you think you may agree with me or you may disagree with me and that's fine too um, I'm always learning the same as everybody's always learning so I'm, I'd really love to know what you think about this and if you do struggle then you know let me know I'll, I'll see if there's anything I can help with now, just before I go, I want to just remind you that if you'd like my free guide on how to attract clients by helping, not selling, I've put the link below this recording or just visit janetravis.co.uk slash helping, not selling. Okay, so that's it for today. I'd, I'd love to connect with you. The best places to find me are on Instagram. So if you just go and have a look for Grow Your Private Practice, you'll find me there. And please just, you know, say hi. Or if you're on LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn quite a lot, just search for me. It's Jane Travis. It's Jane without a Y. And like I say, connect with me and say hi. I'd love to meet you. 
So that's it for today. I hope you have an absolutely fantastic week. I hope that you start to feel just a little bit more comfortable in your social media. And I really look forward to seeing you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.